Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, Bill Kasky back at the Bill Kasky Podcast. We're going to go deep today again. Had a couple of guests on in the last few weeks, and it's time to get back to the nut cutting. Is that what I want to say? The knitting. Getting back, to, getting back to the knitting of the inner game and the mental side and the soul of selling and achievement. Does that sound scary? Well, it should because I'm going to go on a little uh, riff today, a little tangent, and uh, share with you some things that I'm, I'm working on for our clients and that I'm working on for myself. So I've got a handful of things. Are you ready? I'm ready. You know, when someone asks me to help them, I've got several coaching clients. I don't take too many because it's uh, time-consuming and it's expensive for them. And I also believe that the best work uh, doesn't come necessarily one-to-one. It comes in a group. Now, there are, all of my small group coaching programs have an element of one-to-one to them. So there's always one-to-one happening. But I've got a couple of coaching clients. And I was asked the other day by uh, one of them, you know, w- tell me what coaching really is. You know, sh- she has been a client for uh, six months and she's doing really well and her income has gone up and things are really starting to unfold for her. But she asked me, why is that? Is it just because I have another human being to talk to or is there something magical or secret or uh, you know, su- uh, surreptitious, is that the right word, going on? And so here's the way I look at coaching. If you hire a coach, the coach should be more interested in dissolution than solution. Solution is where I, uh, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I'm not earning enough money. And I say, well, my solution is you got to work harder. You got to grind more. You got to make more calls. Well, that's a solution. That's a dissolution is where we say, why do we have the problem of not making enough money? Where is the belief inconsistent with what's true? Meaning there's probably some belief that they have or that I have, and I have a lot of these beliefs. I have a lot of areas for potential to be released by dissolving old beliefs. So that's why when I say dissolution, I mean the dissolving of old beliefs. So maybe one of their beliefs is that, I'm not worth a half a million dollars a year. Or maybe there's a belief that, you know, if I got up to where I was leading the company, maybe I would be asked to take on more responsibilities. Maybe I'd be asked to move to London or Munich or maybe I'd maybe maybe my life would change externally because of my success, so I'm going to tamp it down. I'm going to put the governor on a little bit. It could be all those things or one of them. And so dissolution or dissolving the prior beliefs is the best gift a coach can give you. And again, whether it's 
me or uh, an inside coach inside your company, if your coach is not working on dissolution of prior beliefs that are holding you back, that you think you need solutions for, you really don't. You really don't need solutions for that. It's, it's like I've always believed that we all know exactly what we need. We just don't do it. And the reason we don't do it is because we experience resistance. And that resistance comes in the form of beliefs, prior beliefs that get in the way. Another element that I think we're, we need to put into our programming, and I'm kind of coming, coming a little bit clean here with this because we don't right now, and I feel like it holds my company back and the coaching and the training back from the people that pay us. I feel like we're giving pretty good value. People get, uh, people realize awesome results from the work, but I think it could even be bigger. And that is if we worked on this idea of change and how you and I have built up a, an accumulation of beliefs and opinions and practices and, and education and knowledge over the years whether you're 27 and been in sales for five years or 57 and been in it for 35, we have all built up this identity and this identity is who I am. So I come along and say, hey, you know what? You need to change how you talk to your prospect and here's what I want you to do first. And then the person says, well, you know, that's good. That's all well and good. It sounds good, but I can't use that with my customers. And what they're really saying is that's not me. That's not me. That's not who I've come to know as me. And so our identity, I know this word identity is, is very confusing, and we hear about identity politics, and, and that's not what this is. The identity is, who, have we, who do we think we are? Who have we built this structure, this framework around who we are? If I were to say to you, hey, I've got this opportunity to make a million dollars, and you say, okay, great, because I've really wanted to improve my income in the last couple of years. And I say, okay, meet me at the corner of 6th and Vine. There's a bank there, and you and I are going to rob that bank. There's $2 million they keep. We'll split it all good, ready to go. Now, if you're a bank robber, you'd probably say, fine, let's go. <laughs> but the chances are you are a person of integrity. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in business today, you would say, wait a minute. No, I'm not going to do that. That's not me. I want the million dollars, but I'm not going to sacrifice my integrity to get there. And so that's an example of, of, of a stretch example of, well, that's not me. Well, I would never say that to a customer or a prospect. Well, I would never shoot a video. That's not me. I'm not good in front of the camera. I'm not good on mic. And all that is is just the identity that we've built up. And it could be, and this is where it gets really interesting, is that our, our, egos, uh, our ego is there to protect our identity. And so our ego will always be preference to, to being right. So I may say that I want to double my income, but if I see myself as a $100,000 a year person, not a $300,000 a year person, and I don't want what comes along with 300 grand, I can say all I want that I want to double or triple my income. It ain't going to happen because my identity is locked up in my old self. Part of change if you're in the in VP of sales or you are working with people, maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a performer, if you want to change, there's plenty of change that should happen. We typically operate at, a, would uh, say, a fraction of what's possible, but it's only possible if we're willing to look at who we are and our identity and allow ourselves to say, well, wait a minute, 
that may have been my behavior for the last 10 years, but, my, but I'm not defined by that. I'm not defined my, by how I sell or how I ask questions or how I lead people through the process. That doesn't define me. That's just behavior. It's just action. So the closer you can get back to your identity and not let all of this, these opinions in, uh, kind of inform it, then I think you get back to where you're nimble and you can change. And somebody says, you know what, maybe you should have a YouTube channel, a show every Friday afternoon where you take questions from your audience. And you say, well, I don't know, but I give it a go. Let's try it. I love that. I love that phrase. Give it a go. Versus the other way. Well, you know, wait a minute. I don't have a camera. And I don't have this. And what would they think? And who am I going to talk to? And what do I know? You get all that resistance. That's just your identity saying, well, that's not me. Number three is the idea of no expectation. I was listening to a podcast the other day by a guy named Peter Crone. He was on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. And Peter is a British, uh, he coaches sport athletes and uh, pretty high, uh, high income people. All he works on is the, is the mindset side. It's all he works. He doesn't, he doesn't teach people how to have a better stroke in the backstroke or a better jump shot. That's not what he teaches. He teaches you how to get out of your own way. And one of the things he mentioned, which reminded me of one of our issues that we talk about is having no expectation prior to a call. If you've got a meeting set up and uh, it's a first call with a, with a huge prospect, what do we do? We start getting a little tight and we start planning and we over plan and we say, okay, in the 27th minute of this call, here's what I'm going to do. And we over script it. We over plan, especially if you've got a manager who's saying, okay, what's our plan? What's our plan? What are we going to do? We got four people going. We got PowerPoints, got 150 slides. How are we going to do it? And I would rather you go into these situations with no expectation. You don't expect the deal. You don't expect to be awesome. You don't expect to fail. You have no expectation. When you have no expectation, I know this goes against a lot of what you've been taught, and maybe even you teach your people. When you go with no expectation, you're free. You're totally free. You're not in, encumbered and enslaved by expectation of, well, if I get this, life will be better. And if I don't get this, life will suck. And because all that stuff is just noise, it gets in the way of you being present with the prospect, which I thought we wanted to do in the first place. So this idea of having expectation, I, I just think it's, it's deceptive. It's deceptively harmful for us and for the prospect. So we always say, well, you know, we want to serve our customers. That's what we want to do. That's what we bring value to customers. And then we go in with all these expectations and it ruins the present moment. Then we start to act in a manner that is in line with what we want to happen. Well, what this difference does it make? What we want to happen? Isn't it the prospect's decision? I thought we were in it for the prospect. Now we're not. Is that is that where we just made the change? So having no expectation is really a way for you to exert your own freedom. I have found, and my clients have found, the less expectation you have, the better the outcomes. Because you're able to be present with the person you're in front of or the people and you're able to find out what's really happening in their world, what's going on, what's working, what's not. Let me share with you how we would look at that. It's, a, it's an organic, casual, useful conversation rather than something that's all scripted out. 
So have no expectation. See how that, try that on. Just see if it fits. And you can even tell your manager or if your manager, if you're a manager of a team and you're getting ready to do a, a presentation or something, you'll say, look, let's try this today. You know what? In 20 years, is this really going to matter? Does any of this stuff really matter? Of course, the answer is no, it doesn't. It matters in the moment. And we want to put our best foot out there and we want to do well. And would we rather have the business than not have the business? Would we rather have the prospect say yes than no? Of course. But that's not going to define us. Whether we get this deal or not doesn't define us. And you can't let it define you. So try that. Just try having no expectation. Doesn't mean don't prepare. Doesn't mean don't have an agenda. It just means that psychologically, we don't want to constrain ourselves and enslave ourselves to some kind of expectation. It has nothing to do with what the prospect wants. So try those things out. I welcome you. If you're, if you're a high achiever and you are in that place right now where you're saying, you know what, I kind of feel like I need to reinvent myself. I, I feel like I'm doing the same thing I was doing, been doing for the last five to 10 years and and it's still working a little bit, but I feel like, man, I'm on the cusp of some big things and I want to really focus on myself and my own growth and my own mindset. I invite you to go to BillCaskey.com. At the very top, there's a banner there that says waitlist for the High Achievers program. I am uh, considering, strongly considering doing a High Achievers program with a handful of people, probably 10 to 12, probably one or two groups, but we're limiting it to the number per group of 10 or 12 and taking you through a high achievers course, people who earn $200,000-ish a year and have tremendous upside. So go there, get on the wait list. I make no promises about whether this thing is going to happen or not. I've been talking about it now for a few weeks. If it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen at the end of the first quarter of this year. Um, put your name in. There's no obligation. doesn't cost anything. And, and I'll send you some thoughts as well. And I'm working on a document that I think might help you too. And I'll send that to you. So, BillCaskey.com, top banner. See you next time. Bye.